Welcome back to the show. I know I speak for those guys when I tell you that we're glad you have joined us. Kingdom.Golf is a ministry that evangelizes and disciples through the game of golf. Bill Poyer joins us now via the BTG studio line. Bill, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Rick. I appreciate it. Can you tell us a little bit about your ministry and your role within that ministry? Yes, sir. What we're trying to do at Kingdom.Golf is we're trying to amalgamate, really, the information associated with those many ministries that are out there in the world of golf uh, in order to promote them, to get them to get other folks to know that for over 40 years uh, there's been a presence of Jesus Christ in the marketplace of golf, and uh, just I just feel it's our calling to go ahead and promote that so other people will know. I see on your website that you have a vision that every golfer would hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Given the number of golfers, that is a lofty goal. How can this be accomplished, and what is your strategy to make such a thing a reality? Well, quite honestly, it, it wasn't my particular vision or goal until just recently. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Wally Armstrong, who's a, uh, a lifetime member of the PGA Tour, uh, and, and uh, others, like the Challenge Golf Association that's been around many, many years, uh, a fellow by the name of Ron Potter, uh, I just realized that that was exactly what I believe God wants us to be involved in. Because why? Well, when we're, we're we become uh, followers of Jesus Christ, uh, there's uh, many places where we're called to reach out and introduce others uh, to the fact that Jesus Christ is the Savior, and that we are reclaimed to God by our belief in Him, our faith in Him. Um, but there's one particular in Matthew 28, I think it believes, begins in verse 19, where, it's, where Jesus said that all authority was given to him when he was raised up into heaven. Uh, and then he called upon us and said, Go ye also, therefore, out into all nations and baptize them in, the na- in my name. And then teach them what to do and several other things. Uh, but, but it's clearly a call that as a follower of Jesus Christ, he's asking us to introduce others to him so that they can have a life of freedom and, of course, eternal life with God. Now, you and your ministry team had the opportunity to have a presence at both last year's U.S. Men's and U.S. Women's Open Championships. You were also recently at the Masters. What sorts of ministry are you able to do there, and can you share some of the God stories that result from it? Oh, yes, sir. Once again, uh, it wasn't something that I had planned uh, early on to go to the U.S. Open for the purposes that we ended up going. Uh, it was in my mind to go to the Masters, but certainly had changed in the direction we would take as we, as we got there. Um, the U.S. Open's uh, attention, uh, attendance at the U.S. Open uh, became just a wonderful gift given me by a lady by the name of Veronica Karanen. Uh, Veronica is a lovely lady who uh, played for Duke University many years ago and uh, is, a, is a Christian lady that's out there and, uh, trying to use golf and use her love of golf uh, in order to do ministry and help young people and, and golfers alike, <laughs> old golfers as well. Uh, she invited me to participate in a program that was put together around the Village Chapel, which is 300 yards from the first tee of Pinehurst Number 2. Uh, the Village Chapel, back uh, when the Open was conducted there uh, several years before, had opened up their doors uh, in order to invite the, uh, all the pe- people that were coming to come to the U.S. Open, uh, for them to come in and hear music or rest or get some water. So it was an open environment for people to participate. But this time, they had determined, and a fellow by the name of Jimmy Schneider uh, was really the, uh, the impetus for this whole thing, uh, began to put together an entire plan to do an outreach 
of Christian unity uh, during the, the first time ever in U.S. Open history that the men's and women's Open were being held back-to-back at the same facility. Uh, and they thought that, gee, it was Jesus Christ that really should be the champion, uh, not some golfer, which, of course, is <laughs> what it was all about. But, but we know as followers of Christ that, that without him uh, as the center of our lives, that we really uh, do not have uh, free and full eternal life. So uh, we put together this, uh, well, she invited me to get involved in the ministry. Uh, I did walk along with them for a good year. Uh, in which we opened the doors, we brought ministries in, we had food, we had video, we had speakers, we had the governor of North Carolina come in and give his testimony, we had Betsy King, who'd won the U.S. Open years before, we had Dave Marr from the Golf Channel come in and talk, uh, and a couple of other players. I, I mean, it was uh, Natalie Golbus came by uh, on a whim, just kind of visited with us. And the one coolest thing was that uh, uh, during the telecast, and, you know, just amazing stuff for the world of golf, uh, the we were playing music every noontime. The organist would come in, a marvelous musician, and he would play, he would play a music, and they kept speaking about it during the telecast. They said, "Well, there's the chimes of the village chapel wafting over the U.S. Open hmm. at Miners," and it was just a marvelous thing because you know, unbeknownst to them, they were really promoting the fact that we were there. Um, so it was, uh, you know, I wouldn't say that it was colossal. It wasn't something where we had. Uh, thousands and thousands of people, you know, coming through the doors. But it was an opportunity for us to engage with people, to hand them a magazine or a book. Uh, to uh, We even had some things put together uh, that were wristbands, you know, these wristbands, Armstrong bands, and all. we put it together for the U.S. Open, red, white, and blue, of course. And it had our website on it as well. And this is kind of what the greatest victory was is that because of our website, uh, and it, it's uh, Open Doors for the Open, was that oh, .com, Open Doors for the Open .com, uh, and of course now we have Open Doors for the Masters .com, it became a place in which people could come in order to learn about what our ministry was all about and uh, to engage, hopefully, with the story of the fact of who, of who Jesus Christ is. Um, and, and the other great part of it, and this is how I discovered what kind of my calling and gift is, is that through social media, uh, through Twitter, through uh, LinkedIn, through Facebook, uh, through YouTube, we were throwing this stuff online, and all of a sudden we started getting a following from around the world. And uh, that's, that's continued. I and mean, by the way, we did a, we did a, a texting program as well. We said, uh, uh, text open doors to 41411, and uh, you could get updates on the U.S. Open. We did that at the Masters as well. And, and it was really kind of cool, you know. We're, we're ta- talking about who's leading the tournament and what's going on, special shots, what's happening in the community. And, uh, and we started getting quite a few people coming in interested, and that way they gave us their information. We began to reach back out to them and invite them to come back to our site and our news. It's, it's pretty cool. Bill Boyer of Kingdom.Golf joins us via the BTG studio line. His blog is opendoorsfortheopen.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at KingdomGolf. Bill, can you tell us a little bit more about Kingdom.Golf? The domain is soon to be released but isn't quite active. Is that true? That's true. Uh, We did just solidify or or reserve, officially reserve the .golf, kingdom.golf domain. If anybody knows anything about the Internet, the .com, the .net, the .org, 
uh, are the, the ones that we've had for, for many years and what most websites have, but they're releasing new ones all the time. And, and I have this uh, friend of mine who's also a partner of mine, and he's been coaching me on some of the important parts of what's going to be happening in the future as far as branding and as far as uh, how the social media look at your brand and, and how Google then refers people to you based on search engine optimization and all the other algorithms that they use. And, and it's really, really going to be important, if not now, but in the future, to have your brand be very, very specific online. So Kingdom. well, he told me to get a .call brand because he had seen that uh, URL coming out. And, he, and I said, gee, if I could just get Kingdom.golf, it would be pretty clear about who I was. So I've been waiting maybe a year uh, in order to reserve it. And son of a gun, if, it, if it, in July it will not be fully released and we've already uh, reserved it so that all of our websites will uh, be uh, oriented towards kingdom.golf. Now, I'm not familiar with their testimonies, but I learned from following you on Twitter, again, at Kingdom Golf, that Justin Spieth, who just won the Masters a few weeks ago, and Ricky Fowler, who just won the Players' Championship, are both believers in Christ. Are there many believers on the professional circuit? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is how I get involved in this whole business. Um, I do want to qualify one thing. I took a journalistic license <laughs> with that last blog, or last couple of blogs. Uh, I know uh, that these fellers are men of faith. Um, but based on the people that I know that know them and on their, you know, their, their participation in, in the uh, PGA Tour Bible studies, they don't really call it that, but it's the study that's conducted on tour. Uh, Jordan Spieth went to a Christian high school. He's a man of faith. He talks about uh, how his, his sister uh, solidified him in, in watching her go through struggle and be the courageous woman that she was, and just all a great, bunch of great stuff. Ricky Fowler is a regular on the PGA Tour Bible study uh, and has buddies like Bubba and like uh, uh, Zach Johnson and all those fellows, and there's many great stories. Uh, I get involved in all of this because at a certain point in time, I was a career Army guy, and uh, way back in the dark ages uh, of uh, 1987, uh, I was getting close to getting out of the service, and I was asking the Lord to help me put together my passion for golf with my new love for Jesus Christ, that I had just become a Christian about six years before. And, uh, and he answered my question, uh, quite honestly, and he basically said, you know, you're going to be an agent for Christian golfers. Well, that made no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, but four years later, I had gone to a Lynx Players International uh, golf outing at Myrtle Beach, the Pearl at Myrtle Beach, in which people that were following the Christians on the tour through Lynx Players Ministry, which is a very active ministry still, um, you can find it, find it with lynxplayers.com online, that uh, that they were having this outing where all these people were going to get together and have your regular Myrtle Beach outing. Well, I met Bobby Clampett uh, there. It was a godsend, the way it happened. And uh, through our conversation, I asked him to participate in this golf outings I was doing uh, to uh, reach out to corporations and fundraisers and stuff like that and bring in Christian golfers to give their testimony as well as do a clinic and other things like that. And while I was there, Bobby said to me, Bill, I love what you're doing. We have guys on tour, some 50 guys that are coming to our study on a regular basis. Uh, would you be the, the, the uh, agent for our Christian ministry on the tour? 
And I'll tell you, I said a very sad thing. I said, Bobby, I'm going to pee my pants. I can't believe you told me that. <laughs> and I said, yes, I'm going to do this. And uh, thank you so much. And for the next three and a half years, we reached out at different tour locations, three Masters, two U.S. Opens, three PGAs, Memorial Tournament. And we uh, we reached out and uh, and started getting guys like uh, Bernard Longer, Tom Lehman, um, uh, Corey Pavin, uh, Wally Armstrong, of course, and many, many other guys that were committed to participating with us. So that's how I learned about who all these fellows were. Now today, uh, you've got many, many more. You've got the LPGA Tour, the Web.com Tour. You've got chaplains on all those tours. You've got the Symmetra Tour, in which uh, uh, we've got a lady chaplain as well. And uh, there's just so much. Uh, the Champions Tour, I mean, these are the guys, Larry Nelson and, and all those other fellows I mentioned that are still out there. Uh, Maura Sapolsky. Um, they're out there, uh, and they are continuing to meet on a weekly basis for their study or their devotional time with them and their families with a pastor, and it's just marvelous stuff. Unless you miss the cut, Sunday is generally a work day for professional golfers. How do believers on the tour stay connected? How do they stay encouraged? And how do they stay in the Word? And it certainly sounds like you have a part in that. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, quite honestly, I'm personally not a part of that anymore. I mean, I, I was for a short while. Uh, but I've stayed connected to it, and now, of course, uh, feel as if it's my calling in order to promote this stuff so the, the world of golf will know uh, that there are men and women who love Jesus Christ and are living their faith out. They're people just like you and me, but they are serious about their faith and serious in fellowship and trying to grow themselves in the Word of God and, and, and uh, so that they can be... Uh, I love the way Tom Lehman said that. I uh, had an interview with him. I was a radio guy for a while as well. And, and, uh, and, and I said to him, gee, it's great, Tom, that you're in golf ministry. He said, Bill, i got to tell you, I'm really not in golf ministry. He said, God has blessed me with the gift of being able to play excellent golf. And through that, the notoriety comes upon me so that I can have golf as a platform to introduce people to Christ. Wow. I mean, that's that's a guy that's really, really got it together. Mm. Bill, how did you become a believer in Christ? Oh, how wonderful. I was a career Army officer in 1980. Um, I was uh, in, in, right in the middle of my career, and I was uh, uh, an aviator, and I was heading on an aviation uh, trip to pick up an aircraft uh, down in uh, Alabama at the time. And uh, so I went by that we had taken an airliner down to get it, and I, I had stopped by the store and picked up this book on uh, a, a time-saving book. And uh, I picked it up, of course, from my wife. My wife could really use this. And so I read it uh, on my way down there, and, and it was a great book. It talked about, you know, your ABC priorities, uh, throw away your junk mail, stuff like that. But there was one particular focus this book had, and it said, if you will get up, 15 minutes every day before you have to really get going. You'll read the Word of God. You'll pray. God will give you the time you need to get done what He wants you to get done. On the 26th of December, uh, 1980, I pulled up this little uh, New Testament and Proverbs and Psalms that they give you when you come in the Army, cracked it open because I never had it before, and began reading it in Matthew. And I'll tell you, it's tough. Matthew uh, is, he begat, begat this, begat that. I mean, it's pretty tough reading. Uh, but thankfully, I got through it and uh, got into Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And about halfway through Luke, I said, you know what? If three guys at three different times in three different locations pretty much say the same thing about this guy Jesus from a different perspective, you know, I think I can believe that. 
Now, I now know that that was the day that I became a believer in Jesus Christ because I opened my mind, opened my heart up to say, I believe in him. And that's all Jesus said. You know, what does it take for you to get into heaven? To believe in me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And that regular reading of the Bible became my nourishment. It grew me up in the Word of God, and of course God allowed me to meet certain people here or there that helped me and mentored me a bit here or there, different fellowships in the military, uh, and over time read a lot of stuff and just have come to a real full understanding of the salvation of Jesus Christ and what he does in our lives. The, the, my favorite verse in the Bible is in Second Peter, it's in the first chapter, and it says, uh, we have been given everything we need for life and godliness by our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. That means we have everything we need to make the right decisions to live a godly life, and his Holy Spirit is with us all. So we have this capability. It's just this love and desire and our own decisions to be obedient. And I'm not ever, ever. I mean, every day I'm crazy. (laughs) But still, that belief in Christ is the only sin that leads to death. If we don't believe in God, if we don't believe in God through Christ, then we're not going to see him forever. Golf is such a wildly popular game. Are there things that believing amateur golf fans can do to be a part of your ministry? Oh, yes, sir, absolutely. And as I said, we're, we're, we're kind of like a, uh, a, a, a place in which we're trying to promote other ministries. So our website, opendoorsfortheopen.com, opendoorsforthemasters.com, soon to be kingdom.golf, uh, will be the place where you can go to learn a lot about these different ministries. We're very excited about a brand new magazine that's come out called Mulligan Magazine uh, that is for the Christian golfer. It doesn't say it that way, but it really is. It's stories about Christians and Christian um, uh, teachers and stuff like that. We have an online website, themulliganmag.com, which will carry all the stories, and we're hoping uh, that we're going to begin to have... Um, uh, several times a week, live interviews on the website with the pros playing that event. Let's say that we contact Bubba, uh, Bubba Watson after Thursday, and the guy shot a 63. You know, I mean, and uh, of course he's already talked to the media and oh, well, Bubba, great job, blah blah blah, you've done great. And and we and so he's sitting in his hotel room sometime late that night, and we've got an appointment with him, and he videotapes himself answering our questions and puts it in a YouTube file or a Vimeo file, and we write a blog about it that evening, and that next morning there's a video of him saying, well, you know what, what, uh, yeah, golf's wonderful, this is what I did, my putting was super, uh, but gee, my family this, and this is what I'm studying in the Word of God, and these are the lessons I'm learning. Oh, my gosh, I I just can't think of anything better. Mm. How can we pray for you, Bill, with some prayer requests? Oh, my gosh. You know, the... the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the enemy, you know, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer is very interesting. It says, uh, God, keep us from temptation. No, that's not how it goes. We pray it every morning, and I still can't think of it off the top of my head. Let me see. Uh, uh, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And many of the, the uh, different uh, versions of that may say the evil one. Well, the devil and, and Satan is real. And we know that. We know what goes on in our lives. So I will tell you that almost every morning I wake up, and I'm a very early morning guy. I like to do my devotionals early in the morning and get going. Uh, but almost every single morning when I wake up, I have these negative thoughts going on in my mind. Uh, 
like, you're not good enough. Oh, gee, you know, you didn't do this yesterday. Or, yeah, you were angry with your wife last night. How could you be that way, you bum? Well, you know, I get up and I go to the Word of God. I pray and then I start reading. Inevitably, God will show me something in which he encourages me. And that's what's so beautiful about being there. So I would ask that uh, any prayers for myself, Bill Poirier, or, or for the ministry of golf, that the enemy would be dissuaded by God's Holy Spirit, and that this, this ministry of the platform of golf to introduce golfers to Jesus Christ could be something that proliferates the globe for his glory. Amen. Bill, I want to thank you for joining us on the show. I've had a good time talking with you. Thank you for letting me talk about the truth, my friend. God thank bless. you, Bill. Take care. Bill Poyer, Kingdom.Golf. His blog is opendoorsfortheopen.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at Kingdom Golf. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country, Best Solutions.